Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, and, um, and verse number 1, amen. I'll tell you what, yeah, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, let's, just for sake of time, let's go Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 9, amen, amen, amen. All right, so Jesus announced that he came to make all things new. Amen. One more time. Jesus came and he announced, you know, he said, look, I, I, I've come to make all things new. He, he, he was basically saying, I'm about to turn everything upside down. And this is why the forerunner, greatest prophet born of a woman, John the Baptist, preached a message of repentance. Jesus preached a message of repentance. The 12 apostles preached a message of repentance. The first 70 uh, missionary evangelists, again, all preached a message of repentance. And their message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when the average church attender hears the word repent, we tend to automatically connect that with sin and to stop sinning, to turn from your sin. The word actually means something much deeper than that. The word repent is a Greek compound word, metanous, M-E-T-A-N-O-U-S. Meta meaning a change or a new condition, and nous meaning mind, a new condition of mind, a change in the way you think, a new way of thinking. So when you take this message that was preached by some of the greatest men that ever lived, and then the Son of God Himself, repent for the kingdom is at hand, what they're really saying is not just stop sinning because the kingdom is here, but to change the, your perspective, change the way you think, change the way you look at things, because it's not, think, let me say it this way, it doesn't work the way it used to work. Amen. It's a new day, it's a new way. Remember, the kingdom was once three heavens away and very difficult to access. Jesus is saying, you can't think like the kingdom. You can't think about the kingdom like that anymore. You've got to recognize that the kingdom is right here with you. It's as close as your outstretched hand. It's, it's among you, and it's now being made accessible. So there are things that... This many generations of the church later, or not really there's only one generation, generation Christ, but this many centuries later um, in the church, we see that so much of our thinking still hasn't changed. We, we still think like folks who lived under the Old Testament, who lived under the Old Covenant, that covenant of works, that, that works-based approach to a relationship with God, that works-based approach to being right before God in the eyes of God, and that works-based approach uh, to being blessed by God. And Jesus clearly established and taught us and stated, and then um, the Holy Spirit through the apostles clearly stated and established that our, our manner of being right before God in the eyes of God is not based upon works now. It's based upon faith in what Jesus did for us and the manner in which we receive blessing from God and everything that the blessing uh, 
covered in the Old Testament. Um, it's still available to us today, but we don't experience and receive that blessing and the benefits of that blessing into our life, again, by our works, by our obedience to the Old Testament law. But again, we access, experience, enjoy walking those things by faith, by faith. Now, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, walking worthy of the Lord simply means giving Him the place He deserves in your life. That's how Jesus taught us to walk worthy or to be worthy of Him, is to prefer His word and His voice and His influence over all other voices, all other words, all other influences in our lives, even the voice, words, and influences of our family. If, if, if we let mom and them's word be equal to or greater than God's word in our lives, we're not giving Jesus the place he deserves in our lives, and we're not worthy of what he came to do in our lives. Verse 11, strengthened with might, I'm sorry, with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, it's, you know, like so much of the Bible, we, we have something stated in verse 12 that almost seems casual. It, 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 in other words, without an understanding of the history behind this statement, it could almost fall on our ears as being poetic at best and nonchalant at, at worst. Um, but I'm offering to you tonight that this is an announcement of the greatest magnitude. This is a proclamation of the highest order and of the greatest importance. And that announcement, again, is found in verse 12, where he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, I've got two things to develop tonight, and I think we're only going to have time for one. So let me give you the second, and we'll perhaps develop it more the next time we're together. But to give you just a brief understanding, and again, if, if you'd like to study these things yourself this week, feel free to do that. But the inheritance that he's referring to is the blessing. Amen. What we are heirs of, what we have inherited as the offspring of God, born of his seed, born of his spirit, is that we have now inherited and therefore are recipients of the Lord's blessing. This is the blessing that is 
uh, spoken of throughout the Old Testament. Amen? And again, I'm going to take you through some high points of that to help you understand. But remember, when we speak of the blessing, we're not talking about a quick prayer before a meal, nor are we talking about something you say after someone sneezes, but we're talking about supernatural empowerment, supernatural enhancement or enablement, something that comes from God's world that rests upon a person in this, in this world that, that uh, enables them uh, to prosper, that enables them and empowers them to, success, uh, to, to be successful, to be victorious, to overcome obstacles, um, that protects them uh, from the attacks of the enemy, that protects them from sickness and disease, that, that um, is not only for that person, but, but for their offspring and their family. And again, we could go on and on and on with that. And he is announcing now he is announcing now that we should give thanks to the Father because He has qualified you to receive this blessing. Now, what is implied here but not clearly stated is that because we are now qualified for this blessing, there was a time when we were not qualified. We were disqualified. I asked the congregation this morning, have you ever, um, you know, desired a job or even applied for a job that you didn't qualify for? You know, I mean, it's a really good job, really nice salary, awesome benefits. Only problem is you don't have the master's degree. You don't, you don't have the 10 years experience. In other words, you would like the job, but you don't qualify for the job. Well, anybody that knows anything about the blessing of the Lord upon a man or a woman's life would desire to have that blessing. Even if you don't believe there is a God, if you understand what this blessing uh, involves and what it includes and all the benefits of it, you know, you would be like, you know, swinging elbows to get to the front of the line. What do I have to do to have that in my life? I, I want that. As a matter of fact, the things that we desire for our family health and, 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 and prosperity and soundness of body and mind and emotion and, and, and you sound emotionally and all of these things, praise God. You know, the, the Bible even talked about, you know, the opposite of the blessing, uh, you know, mental illness, dementia, Alzheimer's, all of those things are part of the curse. Poverty, part of the curse. The blessing is not only the opposite of all of those things, but the blessing is, is what protects us, insulates us from uh, all these different curses that are, uh, you know, in existence here on planet Earth. So again, I'm, I'm going to try to simplify this. Uh, anyone who would understand anything at all about the curse would say, yes, I, I would like that in my life. That's what I desire. Uh, for instance, how about this one? Uh, Proverbs 10 and 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich financially wealthy, and adds no sorrow with it. So there's a lot of folks who have a lot of money, but with that money they have all kinds of anxiety, they, they have all kinds of, of, of fears and, and worry, and they can't enjoy what they have. So the blessing of the Lord will make you financially wealthy, but without any of the heartache and anxiety and sorrow that comes with it. Amen. Somebody said it this way, uh, wealthy with no payments. 
<laughs> There's a lot of folks that, that on the outside look to be rich, but they, that, you know, they're up to the eyeballs in debt. Come on now. <laughs> All right, so are you seeing what I'm saying? This is something that people desire, um, but they don't, either they don't qualify for it or they don't know how, let me say it that way, they don't know how to qualify for it, or there are a lot of people who are qualified, but they don't know that they are. Now, let's, let's just do a quick um, overview of this, all right? Open with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, amen. And we're going to see that, you know, the first mention, and there's a, a, a law to, to biblical study that's called the law of first mention, meaning anytime, you know, you see something mentioned in the Bible for the first time, you need to really study what's around all of that because every time after that you see this same subject or topic, um, you, you need to go back to the first time it was mentioned. And so in um, Genesis uh, chapter 1, uh, again, just because we're going to try to cover a lot of ground, let's begin at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. You see that word there in verse 28? Blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. All right? Now, again, just a quick bonus. What we have here or what I call the five royal mandates. In other words, when God created man and blessed him, remember that means God placed upon him a supernatural enablement, a supernatural empowerment, a supernatural enhancement. Amen. Something from God's world that he put upon Adam and Eve in, in our world that would empower, enable them, bless them to do what? Five things. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, or uh, actually it means to replenish the earth, subdue anything on the earth that's out of order or out of a line. How many of you know God would never bless them with the ability to subdue things if there were not going to be some things that needed to be put in their place? That's why when we sing a song on a Sunday night, Fall Back Satan, amen, we are blessed, empowered by God, to subdue demonic forces that are trying to cause havoc in our lives and chaos in our families. Subdue and have dominion. Take authority. Amen. Now, what we of course know is that Adam and Eve sinned. And when they sinned, I'm going to use a new word tonight. Okay, when they sinned, they disqualified themselves for the blessing. When they sinned, they disqualified themselves from the blessing. Now, we connected two words together this morning that I want to give you, for those of you who are not here this morning, I want to give them to you again tonight because we need to, we need to really begin to renew our minds in, in, in these simple areas, okay? Justified, this is what it means to be made righteous before God in the eyes of God justified equals qualified. 
Amen. So when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible teaches that we all sinned with them. And Adam's sin brought what? The curse upon the earth. So notice, by their rebelling against God, they disqualified themselves from the blessing and exposed themselves to the curse. Amen? All right, now, we know that things rocked along until, um, let's get to, you know, Genesis, I'm, not, I'm just going to look at a verse in Genesis, the ninth chapter, but we know that after several generations, um, the Bible says that, listen very carefully, every thought in every human heart was only evil continually. That's in the days of Noah. And of course, with the exception of Noah. And the Bible says that Noah found what? Favor in the eyes of the Lord. We know what happened. God instructed him to build the ark. His sons, his daughters-in-law, all the, um, uh, his family, and, and then two of every beast, and then some multiples of other kinds, all on the ark. God destroys every other living thing uh, with a great flood. After the flood waters subside, and they exit the ark. Notice what it says in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and there it is again, fill the earth. Fill it back up. Okay? Are you seeing this? So the blessing that was originally placed upon all of mankind, that Adam, again, because of his sin... Was he no longer qualified for it. His sin disqualified him from um, that blessing. Now we see that God, uh, because Noah found favor in his sight, that God puts that blessing upon Noah. Amen. Now turn over with me a few more pages. There's a lot that we're obviously uh, skipping over here, a lot of explaining we could do otherwise. All right. Um, to... Genesis chapter 12, verse number, one, verse number 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Okay, are you seeing this? So God promises to Abraham that he will bless him. He will make his name great. He will multiply him. And that he will make him a blessing. All right? So when we, again, pray over these things, confess these things over our lives, renewing our minds to these things, let's go to that next level because here we see next level thinking. Next level thinking is not just God bless me. Next level thinking is Father make me a blessing. Do you realize in order for you to be a blessing to other people, you must be blessed yourself 
But the difference between Father bless me compared to make me a blessing is that we're recognizing His blessing upon our lives is not just for us to consume it and enjoy it ourselves, but also for us to become a blessing to others. Amen. Now, we see, of course, that Abraham and Sarah supernaturally conceived, gave birth uh, to Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob and Esau. Um, then, of course, the blessing was passed from Abraham. And you can look at this where at the end of his life, he laid hands on Isaac. And at the end of Isaac's life, he laid hands on Jacob. There was some trickery there between Jacob and Esau. But nonetheless, the blessing uh, was, was passed to Jacob and his descendants. Jacob has 12 sons. Those 12 sons become the 12 tribes of Israel. Are you still with me? We know that they wound up in Egypt. They wound up then as slaves in Egypt. We see that God remembered the covenant that he made with Abraham and he delivered them from Egypt to carry them into the promised land and give to them the land that had all, was already theirs because God gave it to Father Abraham. Amen. And he said that, again, this not only is for you, but it's for all those who are your descendants. You still with me now? I know we're covering a lot of ground, but I, we're going somewhere with this. Now, <clears throat> we see that Moses was the leader that God raised up to deliver his people from Egyptian slavery. And now God is going to do a new thing. In the sense that God, because remember, He wanted to talk, we talked about this in Ephesians class this morning. Father wanted to talk directly to His people, to the descendants of Abraham. What a blessing, by the way. See, that's the blessing of the Lord. God just, you know, think about this for a moment, okay? Think about this for a moment. Abraham trusted God. Abraham believed God. Abraham obeyed God. Abraham followed God. Abraham listened to God. Abraham was called the friend of God. The friend of God. Now, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. I will explain this in just a moment. But remember, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The righteousness, the gift of righteousness that Abraham received by faith qualified him for the blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. So now Father is wanting to continue this friendship, this fellowship with the descendants of Abraham. But remember, when God spoke to them, they said, hold on, hold on a second, Moses. We, we don't like it when he talks to us like that. It, it makes us nervous. It, it freaks us out. So this is what we're going to do, Moses. You tell God that if he's got anything to tell us, he can tell you, and then anything you think we need to know, you pass it along to us. They refused. They rejected. They didn't want to be friends with him. You ever wanted to be friends with somebody that didn't want to be friends with you? They didn't want to be friends with him. And so this is what Father does. He comes to them. He establishes a, a, a new covenant with them. And, and he gives them the law. And he says, I'm setting before you this day blessing and cursing. I'm setting before you this day life and death. 
It's a really important test, so let me give you the answer. That's the New Wisdom International Translation. God says, I set before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. Choose blessing. And so God is saying, here is a new way for you to qualify to be blessed by me. Keep every single last one of these commandments and I will bless you. You will be blessed when you come in. You will be blessed when you leave out. You realize that at any moment in your life, you're either coming or going. If we were to modernize those blessings, he said, I'm going to bless your checking account, I'm going to bless your banking account, and I'm, uh, uh, your savings account, and I'm going to, again, your basket and your store. Basket's what you're working out of. Store is what you draw from when you need some more. He went on to talk about blessing their offspring, protecting them, blessing their investments, uh, their, their land. I mean, just on and on and on and on and on. Notice now, what, what, is Father just, what has He just established? He's established a new criteria, a new way, a new approach to qualify for the blessing. Just one problem with that. If you break one of the commandments, you're guilty of all, and instead of qualifying for the blessing, you just qualified yourself for cursing to be cursed. Now, there are a lot of reasons why God did this. Some believe, and, and, and wrongly so, they think that God did this because he believed he could legislate morality. Father God knew that telling folks, you know, what not to do and how not to live was never going to cause them to live right. It was never going to make a single person righteous. And because the law could not make a man righteous, guess what? It could not qualify a man or a woman to be blessed. Are you with me now? This is really, really important that we understand. Now, go with me to Genesis, the third chapter. Have you forgotten, lest you have, Colossians chapter 1 on your way to Genesis, on Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, verse Colossians 1 and 12, giving thanks to the Father who's what? who has qualified us to be partakers. That word partake means to have an equal share in. The inheritance in the saints. Amen. Now again, I told you there's two things to develop here. One is what it means to be qualified. And then the next is what it is we've been qualified for. Qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light is speaking of being qualified to partake, have an equal share in this inheritance, this, this, this blessing. Amen. Now, I want, you to, I want you to look at this very carefully, all right? Because, again, there are those who um, look at this from a physical, uh, uh, natural uh, uh, descendant of Abraham. I don't know, you know, crowd this size on a Sunday night, maybe somebody here is, a, is biologically um, a, a full-blooded Jewish man or woman, okay? Um, perhaps not. 
But you realize, first of all, under, under that old system, in order to qualify for the blessing, you had to, number one, be a direct descendant of Abraham. And then, number two, you had to know and obey every one of the commandments. And my friend, ten is just the first ten in stone. There was what, I, I ought to have the number in front of me, but around 600 uh, commandments that you had to know and obey in order to qualify. So you realize that even if you were the only person other than Jesus <laughs> who could have kept all of those commandments, if you were not a direct descendant of Abraham, you didn't qualify. Or if you were a direct descendant of Abraham but couldn't keep the commandments, you still didn't qualify. The only individual who qualified for the blessing was the individual who was a descendant of Abraham and kept all the commandments. For the record, there's only one person in human history who qualifies for the blessing. His name is Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. He was a direct descendant of Abraham and he kept all the commandments which qualified him to be blessed. And he's the only one. He's the only one. You say, well, wait a second, Pastor Mark. This is the blessing of Abraham. This is the blessing of Abraham, so you're saying he didn't qualify for his own blessing. No, he qualified, but not because of his own performance. Remember, Abraham loved God, trusted God, obeyed God, followed God, believed in God before there was a law given to obey and be blessed uh, as, as a qualification by. You follow me? Am I losing? I feel some of you drifting away. Come on now. We got, listen, the Bible says in the last days people will not endure sound doctrine. So if you're going to know some truth and have some truth built into your life, it's going to require a little bit of endurance. Amen. I know it's been a long day. Amen. It's been a good day, though. Amen. Are you with me? Let's, let's leave. What time is it? we got a few minutes. Can we, can we land this plane? I promise we'll land in a few minutes. All right? So now this is really, really important because we see that Abraham qualified for the blessing not because of his obedience to the law. The law hadn't even been given yet. He qualified for the blessing because he had been made right before God in the eyes of God by faith. Are you seeing this? Now remember, you now, as a born-again believer, guess what? You are now qualified to have an equal share in this blessing. I'm not being a smart aleck when I say if you're not excited about this, it's only because you don't understand it yet or you're not listening. This will light your fire even if your wood is wet. If you will understand what's being explained to us here by the Word of God. What you qualify for now. Think about all the things in life 
that you've desired that you didn't qualify for. Think of all the things this world says. No, you, you, don't, you're not, you, you don't meet the standard. You, you, you're not the right uh, color. You're not the right gender. You didn't come from the right family. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough education. You, 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 you've made too many mistakes. You've got things on your record. You don't qualify. You don't qualify to carry a gun. You don't qualify. You don't meet the standard. You, you, you're coming up short. See, we've all sinned and fallen short. My friend, if not for Jesus, we have less than a 0% chance of qualifying for this blessing. But thanks be to God. Amen. He has qualified me. And he has qualified you. Oh, praise the name of the living God. All right. You're in Galatians. I'm not there yet. Let me get there. Praise God. So Galatians chapter 3. We're not going to take the time to read it all. I want to encourage you to take some time maybe later tonight or in the morning when you have your time with the Lord. But let's begin at verse 5, Galatians 3 and 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See? Now again, what is he saying? What qualifies you to have miracles performed in your life and the Spirit of God given to you without measure and overflowing abundance? Your good behavior? Is this what qualifies you for these things? Absolutely not. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now that word accounting, it, it accounted, it literally means that he was given credit. And that credit, let me keep reading here, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now, he just made a whole lot of natural descendants of Abraham angry when he said that. Okay? Notice he's saying it's not about the physical lineage, it's about the spiritual heritage. It's not about being born of the physical seed of Abraham, it's about being born of the holy seed of Jesus. And if you've been born again, you've been born of that seed. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying in you all the nations shall be blessed so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Now let's go back to justified The, the word justified carries with it the same Greek word that's translated righteous or righteousness in the New Testament scriptures. The simplest way to remember what it means to be justified, justified by faith, just as if I'd never sinned. But remember what we said, justified means you're qualified. 
Now, Abraham had the gospel preached to him. The gospel is the sinless life of Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, and return to the right hand of God the Father. Abraham was let in on this plan. God told him this. He explained this to him, that one day Jesus would come and would take the, the, the blame and the punishment for all the sins of mankind upon himself. He who knew no sin became your sin, became my sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This was explained to Abraham all those many years uh, before it ever came to pass, before it ever took place. Abraham believed it, and he was given credit for righteousness, made righteous based upon what Jesus would one day do in the future. Now, if that seems bizarre to you tonight, it shouldn't because I'm on the other side of the crucifixion looking back at it, and I believe on something He did for me already that's making me righteous right here, right now, tonight. Abraham believed before it happened and was made righteous. I believed after it happened and had been made righteous. Abraham's righteousness was accounted as a credit. Amen? My righteousness is not on credit because I'm believing in a price that's already been paid. Abraham believed in a price that would one day be paid. I have, by faith, believed on something that's already been done for me instead of something that will be done. Are you hearing me tonight? Praise God. So it was accounted to him for righteousness. Righteousness, justified, same, same concept, same biblical uh, doctrine. Justified means what? Justified means just as if I've never sinned, but then justified also means qualified. Qualified. Okay? Now, let's keep going here. For as many as are of the works of the law, verse 10, are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. No one is justified by the law, which if you're not justified, you're not qualified. Right? But what is the... By the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Gentiles being what? Non-biological descendants of Abraham. Why is this important? We're seeing now that in the Scriptures, it is possible for a non-biological descendant of Abraham to be blessed with the blessing of Abraham. <laughs> oh, it's good news right there. All right. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Gentiles are non-Jewish people. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, Follow very closely here. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant. Yet, if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now, this is speaking of the covenant that God made with Abraham. 
And in that covenant, what did God promise Abraham? He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your seed. Your descendant, your, your seed is, is what he said. All right, now let, let this, follow this very carefully. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Do you see the word seed there? I, I apologize for not having it on the screen. Verse 16, do you see the word seed there? It's capital S. This is really important. This is really important, okay? Galatians 3 and 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to the seeds, lowercase s-e-e-d-s, as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, again, capital S, who is Christ. So look at me for a moment now. Father is so brilliant. He told us the whole story in Scripture and at the same time kept the whole thing hidden. And one of the ways that he did it is he used this word seed because seed can mean one or seed can mean five burlap sacks full. Hand me the seed, one seed. Hand me the seed, all those seed. So for all of these generations, people believed that the promise to Abraham's seed was the promise to every single biological descendant of Abraham. We find out now that the promise was not to seed as of seeds many, but the promise was to seed, capital S-E-E-D, as of one, the seed, the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. By the way, the only one, remember what I told you a while ago, the only one to qualify because he was a biological descendant of Abraham, but he also happened to be the only human being who had ever obeyed every single one of the commandments, qualifying, right, for the blessing of Abraham to come upon him. Now, he's going to go into some things about the years, and I, I, we're not going to have chance to get there. Verse 18, for if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. He's then going to talk about how the scriptures can find all under sin and the promise by faith in verse, verse number 22, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Again, he's talking about you being qualified. Verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as, as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Why do we qualify for the blessing tonight? We qualify for the blessing tonight because the only one who never sinned has given you and me his right standing with God the Father as a free gift. He has made us right before God in the eyes of God. And now that we are in Christ, we qualify both as the seed of Abraham and as those who have never broken a single commandment of God ever in our lifetimes. You're qualified. You're qualified. 
All right, now, let's go back to Luke 13, and I promise I'll finish right here. And I know, amen. It's not like a Wednesday night where it's super late. But somebody, I'm telling you, I'm not just continuing because I want to continue. I'm continuing because I've, amen, just hear me, please. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. We made a run at this a couple of Sundays ago. We're going to make a run at it again. Luke chapter 13. Sister Pam and I, we have folks in our neighborhood that they put out all the Christmas decorations, but they don't rake their leaves. <laughs> she says they should have at least made a run at it before they put all that stuff on top of them leaves, right? We like to get all the leaves up then. Amen. Sometimes you make a run at it, you know, you just kind of make a run at it. You know, you pick up all the stuff in the house and maybe dust, but you have to make another run at it to vacuum and then another run at it because you're busy, right? You know, so we made a run at it. We're going to make another run at it. All right, Luke 13. There were present at that season some who told him, him being Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. These were men who were sacrificing in the temple and Pilate murdered them. And their human blood mixed with the animal blood that they were sacrificing to God. And this was a huge outrage amongst Jewish uh, believers, Jewish people. And so they're complaining to Jesus about it. I think trying to get Jesus to do something about it because of his popularity and fame. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose, suppose means to think or believe within your heart. So he's, he's exposing wrong thinking here. Do you suppose that the Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you no. Jesus speaking. I tell you no. But unless you repent, what do we say repent means? A new way of looking at things. A new way of thinking. You will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. This would have been a building collapsed that... Uh, you know, 18 people lost their lives in this tragedy. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, think differently, you will all likewise perish. Now, why am I bringing this up again? See, these folks believed what many people believe today. That it's our obedience to the law that qualifies us for protection. Are you seeing this? They're trying to stir Jesus up about some political issue. Jesus is trying to take the headlines of the day and use them to explain to these folks where they're off in their thinking. And it's amazing to me that most people carry from this passage the exact uh, opposite. They, they, in other words, they carry from it the very thing Jesus is trying to correct by it. Because they think repent means stop sinning. Jesus is saying, listen to me, you think, you think in your heart, you believe in your heart that this tragedy happened to these people because uh, their sin disqualified them from being protected. Jesus said, that is wrong thinking. It's not how this works. But what, what did he say in Galatians 3? Those who are under the law are under the curse. The very thinking that you've bought into believing it protects you. How many times do we hear it? Why do bad things happen to good people? 
That's exactly what there's that's exactly what Jesus is trying to address here. Bad things happen to good people because good people think their goodness qualifies them for the blessing. Your goodness does not qualify you for the blessing. Your faith in the only one who's good is what qualifies you for the blessing. Stand with me, praise God. Man, this is some breakthrough answers right here. They are for me. I know you love me and I want you to love me when I'm finished right now, okay? Listen to me, please. It's time for us to realize what we qualify for and what we don't qualify for. We had my grandson's first birthday yesterday, something that had obviously been planned for 12 months. <laughs> I made it 52 years on planet Earth without being a grandfather. Man, 53. I still enjoy my beautiful children and Bethany married Jake, another member of our immediate family. Man, we have such wonderful times together. But oh, there's something about that, that grandson, man, I'm telling you, you know. So, so it's, a, it's a big day, right? And so everybody says, well, you know, there's bad weather, there's bad weather, there's chance of bad weather, chance of bad weather, chance of bad weather. It jumped up in me about, about Tuesday. There is zero chance of bad weather affecting me. The whole land of Egypt was, was covered with darkness, but the lights were still on in Goshen. See, I used to qualify for those kinds of tragedies, but I don't qualify for them anymore. I used to have that kind of stuff coming, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't qualify for it anymore. I don't qualify for the flu. I used to qualify for it. I don't qualify for it anymore. I used to qualify for poverty, but I don't, I don't qualify for poverty anymore. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't qualify for lack anymore. I don't qualify for depression and mental illness and Alzheimer's and dementia. I don't, I don't qualify for that. Being crazed in the wits is a part of the curse. I used to qualify for the curse, but my Jesus has now disqualified me from the curse and has qualified me for the blessing. I don't qualify for towers falling on my family or arrows that fly by day. Psalm 91 says that those who dwell in that secret place in the shadow, right? You can be in the middle of some natural disaster or tragedy or plague or sickness where 11,000 people die all around you and you're standing there unfazed.
unfazed. It, 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 it's not coming nigh my dwelling. Not coming here. Not because I'm a preacher. Not because I try to live right. Not because I do my best to obey the commandments. No, no, see, none of that qualifies me. If I put my faith and confidence in that, Jesus said, you're going to likewise perish. If you think you deserve something, you've earned something because you're being so good and you're being so righteous and you've made yourself righteous, self-righteousness is as filthy rags. And, and I'm telling you, people who put their confidence in God taking care of them because they're trying so hard to be good, my friend, he says you're going to likewise perish. You need to change that thinking. You change that thinking. Come on now. You've got to know what you qualify for now. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your hand upon us. Thank you, Father, for protecting us. Father, we, we're not being arrogant, but we are being confident. Lord, we're not boasting in ourselves that we are. We will take every opportunity we have to boast in you. Father, you are the one that has qualified us to have equal share and to be a partaker of these things. Father, we see Jesus, he qualified for the blessing, and we see what he did when foul weather tried to destroy him and his family. Now, Father, this isn't to, to guilt or shame or condemn anyone in this room, but Father, it's, it's time for us to step on up into what we qualify for and, and, and Lord, to, to tell Satan to fall back when he tries to bring remnants or symptoms Lord, that are not blessing but cursing into our lives. Father, we need to remind ourselves first and foremost, and then we need to remind Him that we don't qualify. We don't qualify for those things. Father, may we rest in faith in who You are. Anxiety be gone. Be gone. Be gone in Jesus' name. Fall back. We're not worrying anymore. We're not letting. We're not going to lay around and let our heart be troubled and let the enemy torment us with fear any longer. We're blessed. We're blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Father, from this night forward, we will no longer revel in our former brokenness. We'll no longer play the victim's card. We will no longer wear the things from our past like a badge of honor because you have translated us from the power of darkness. You have broken its hold over our lives. The stranglehold that the curse once had on us has been broken. And we've been relocated now. into the safety and the protection and the provision. Father, we ran for refuge 
And we laid hold of a hope that's anchor goes all the way to that place in heaven behind the veil. And that's where our trust is tonight. We will not fear the arrow that flies by day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.